Hello and thank you for checking out the Hopewell Valley Student Podcasting Network, a proud partner of the Hopewell Valley Student Publications Network, where students come together to publish student-driven content to share with the world. This network empowers students to become content creators for all different types of digital mediums. For more student-ran podcasts, blogs, artwork, and content, please check out the Hopewell Valley Student Publications Network at www.hvspn.com. The opinions represented within the digital content are those of the content creators. Now please, enjoy the following podcast episode. Welcome to my AP Biology Thoughts podcast. My name is Sreem Razavi, and I'm your host for episode 108, titled Unit 6, Gene Expression and Regulation. Translation. So today, we'll be discussing everything there is to know about translation. I'll first be giving a brief overview of what translation is, its overall function, the three steps involved in translation, and some of the different components and organelles involved in translation. I'll then go into greater detail on the individual steps of translation, which will involve the organelles and different components mentioned before. Finally, I will relate the process of translation to the broader topic of gene expression and regulation. So before I begin, I'd like to give credit to Khan Academy, biologydictionary.com, and nature.com for the information that they provide me in order to make this podcast possible. So thank you to them. All right, so let's get started. So what exactly is translation? Translation, it's basically the process of creating proteins from from an mRNA template. So what happens is like a cell reads information from this mRNA molecule and uses this information to build a protein. Uh, So it basically involves essentially decoding an mRNA and using its information to build a polypeptide. Polypeptides are chain of amino acids and and multiple polypeptide chains, they form a protein. So there are three basic steps of translation. There is ini- there's initiation, elongation, and termination. In initiation, the ribosomes, ribosomes generally, they, they, function, they basically synthesize proteins. Uh, so ribosomes, they get together with the mRNA and the first tRNA or the transfer mRNA. So translation can then begin. In elongation, the amino acids are brought to the ribosomes by tRNAs and linked together to form a chain of amino acids. And then finally, in termination, <clears throat> finished polypeptides released to go and do its job in the cell. So in, in mRNA, the, the instructions for building a polypeptide come in groups of three nucleotides called codons. There are 61 codons for amino acids, and each of them is read to specify a certain amino acid out of the 20 possible amino acids. Stop codons, they're codons that basically tell the cell when when the polypeptide is complete. And uh, the AUG codon is generally the start codon, which signals the start of protein construction. So in translation, these codons of an mRNA, they're read in order from the 5' end to the 3' end by molecules called tRNAs. Basically, tRNA are the molecular bridges that connect mRNA codons to the amino acid they encode. 
One end of the tRNA has a sequence of three nucleotides called an anticodon, which binds to a matching mRNA codon through base pairing. The other end of the tRNA carries the amino acid specified by the codons. Transfer RNAs or tRNAs, they bind to mRNAs inside the ribosomes. Ribosomes are made up of protein and ribosomal RNA. The ribosomes provide a set of slots where tRNAs can find their matching codons on the mRNA template, and they basically deliver their amino acids there. As these tRNAs enter slots in the ribosome and bind to codons, their amino acids are linked to the growing polypeptide chain in the chemical reaction. So yeah, that's basically the picture of translation, but now let's get into, spe let's get into the specifics about initiation, elongation, and termination. So let's first then begin with initiation. So for translation to start, we need a ribosome, an mRNA with instructions for the protein to be built, and an initiator tRNA carrying the first amino acid in the protein. In initiation, these components come together to form the initiation complex, which is the molecular setup needed to make a new protein. So the tRNA carrying the methionine, methionine is, methionine is basically the amino acid specified by the start codon, AUG. So the tRNA carrying this methionine attaches to the small ribosomal unit. Together, they bind to the 5' end of the mRNA by recognizing the 5' GTP cap, which was added during processing in the nucleus. Then, they go along the mRNA in the 3' direction, stopping when they reach the start codon, which is usually AUG. This is what occurs in initiation in eukaryotic cells, but in bacteria it's a little bit different. In bacteria, the small ribosomal subunit attaches directly to certain sequences in the mRNA. These, these are called Shin-Dalgarno sequences, and these Shin-Dalgarno sequences, sorry if I'm saying that wrong, they basically mark the start of each coding sequence and they let the ribosomes find the right star codon for each gene. So that's basically initiation. So now moving on to elongation. This is a little bit of a complicated step, but I'll try to kind of present it in a more understandable way later on. So elongation is basically where the amino acid chain gets longer and the mRNA is read one codon at a time and the amino acid matching each codon is added to a growing protein chain. So that's basically like basic overview. Um, so, but here's what happens like in detail. So the first methionine carrying tRNA, again, methionine is that amino acid, which is specified by the sarcodon, uh, sarcodon using AOG. So this first methionine carrying tRNA starts out in the middle slot of the ribosome, which is called the P site. Next to it, a fresh codon is exposed in another slot called the A site. The A site is it's the landing site of the next tRNA whose anticodon would be complementary to like the exposed codon. Once the matching tRNA has landed in the A site, the formation of the peptide bond that connects one amino acid to another can occur. A methionine from the first tRNA is transferred into the amino acid of the second tRNA in the A site. Once the peptide bond is formed, the mRNA is pulled onward through the ribosome by one codon. The shift allows the first empty tRNA to drift out via the E or exit site. It also exposes a new codon in the A site so the cycle can repeat itself. So I know that was obviously like a little bit confusing, but so just 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 know that when a new codon is exposed, a matching complementary tRNA binds to that codon. 
the existing polypeptide is linked onto the amino acid of the tRNA, and then the mRNA shifted one codon over the ribosome, which then allows a new exposed codon to be read, and so the cycle continues. That's essentially the main idea, basic idea. All right, finally, termination uh, is more of a simple step, so it's basically a stage in which the finished polypeptide chain is released. So what happened is a stop codon in the mRNA enters the A site. The stop codons are recognized by proteins called release factors, which fit into the P site. Release factors, I mean, they basically they basically screw up the enzyme that normally forms peptide bonds by making the enzyme add a water molecule to the last amino acid of the chain. This reaction separates the chain from the tRNA, and the newly made protein is released out of the ribosome. So... Those are the three main steps of translation, but there's technically one more called processing, uh, which is basically kind of the editing of the polypeptide so that they're ready to then perform their correct function in the cell. The new polypeptide will then fold into a distinct 3D structure and it may join with other polypeptides to make a multi-part protein. Amino acids may also be chemically altered or removed. Some proteins contain special amino acid sequences that direct them to certain parts of the cell. And so ultimately, through a process called protein targeting, the proteins reach their destination. And that's the process of translation. So now let's get into how translation relates to the broader topic of gene expression and regulation. This will be a pretty short segment of this podcast since this was already kind of like mentioned above. So let's backtrack a little bit. A DNA molecule is divided up into functional units called genes. Each gene provides instructions for a functional product or a molecule needed to perform a job in the cell. And this molecule is generally a polypeptide molecule. So the point is, genes basically they provide instructions for building polypeptides, which in turn fold up and combine to make complex proteins. This is the main idea behind gene expression and regulation. So if you think about it as a whole, translation is the second major step in gene expression, right after transcription. In transcription, transcription is the process when the DNA, the DNA sequence of a gene is copied to make an RNA molecule. If the gene that is transcribed in transcription encodes a protein, the RNA molecule will be read to make a protein in the process of translation, which as explained above, that's when the sequence of the mRNA is decoded to specify the amino acid sequence of a polypeptide. It's called translation since the nucleotide sequence of the mRNA is translated into the language of amino acids. This two-step process of transcription and translation, it's known as the central dogma. Uh, the central dogma, it basically describes how information flows from DNA to RNA to then make a protein. So overall, this process of going from DNA to a function product of, of a protein, that's, that's gene expression. And translation is like the second major step of that. So that explains like, it's clear that translation is a major part of this broader topic of gene expression regulation. So that's all. Uh, thank you for listening to this episode of my AP Biology Thoughts. For more student-ran podcasts and digital content, make sure that you visit www.hvspn.com. Again, that's www.hvspn.com. And always remember, 
Learning new things doesn't have to be challenging. It's really easy once you have a goal in mind and a purpose for everything you do. So once again, thank you so much for listening to this podcast and hope you tune in again sometime soon. See ya.